Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat! Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkin's Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary. This week at Restoration Place. He has been there for us when we have come to him with a humble heart and a, with a heart of repentance. When we come to him, he has been there every single time for us to extend his mercy. When we come to him for forgiveness, his mercy is there. When we mess up, he's there. When we have the wrong thought, he's there. When we do the wrong action, he's there. When we react the wrong way, He's there. When we speak the wrong thing, He's there. His mercy is there and it endures forever. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to this place of restoration. Welcome First Lady Darlene Baysmore with this week's message. Amen, amen. While you're standing, Heavenly Father, in the precious name of Jesus, Lord God, we come before you, Lord, just to thank you for this day, to thank you, Father God, for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you, Father God, because, Lord, it is you that have made us and not we ourselves, and we are just grateful to be able to be in the house of worship one more time just to lift up and to magnify your mighty and holy name, O oh God, because you alone are worthy. We thank you, Father God, for all this service of thus far, O oh God. We thank you for your sweet Holy Spirit that rests, rules, and abides in this place, O oh God, on this morning. We thank you, God, for the anointing that is here already, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray, Father God, that you continue to anoint us, O oh God. From the crown of our head to the soles of our feet, Lord God, to be used by you for your glory and for your honor. We pray, Father God, that you would mold these lips of clay, O oh God, to speak only what it is that your Holy Spirit would have me to speak, O oh God. Give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the enemy and any spirit not like you right now in the name of Jesus. He has no rule, no power, no dominion here in Jesus' name, and he is under our feet. We are more than conquerors through you, O oh God, and we just thank you, Lord, for what is getting ready to take place from the word that's coming forth, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. We pray, Father God, that it would touch the hearts of your people in the mighty name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, God, that I would decrease, Lord God, that you may increase in me all the more, O oh God. Fill us up to the overflow in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. We thank God for all of you that are here on this morning. And we thank God for the word that is getting ready to come forth. We thank God for the opportunity, amen, to deliver this word. And we just praise God. 
God on this morning. Amen. God is so worthy to be praised. He is such an awesome God, and I just love him from the depth of my heart. I thank God for our pastor and this opportunity to be able to come before the people of God. And I just give him glory and honor on this morning. Amen. We used to say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, my soul, my soul, I can speak for myself. My soul cries out, hallelujah, hallelujah. I thank God for saving me, hallelujah. And I do, I thank him on this morning. One of my favorite scriptures is, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I just give him the glory and the honor and the praise on this morning. I thank him because he is just so good and he's so merciful to us. And I just give him glory. I exalt the mighty and holy name of Jesus on this morning. And I just thank him. I thank him for that song, Hallelujah, that we were singing during the praise and worship. I thank him for all of the songs. But Hallelujah, where we can give him the highest praise collectively. Hallelujah. I just thank him because he is our God. Hallelujah. Today we're going to be um, beginning our, our talk um, or speaking about God's mercy. Amen. And there's so many different things that you can say about the mercy of God. You can. There's so many different ways that it can be presented. And I know that this is just the beginning, amen, of just even speaking about the mercy of God. And we serve such a merciful God. We serve such a mighty God. And we don't deserve His mercy, but He's right there for us. He's right there to forgive us. He's right there to get us back on track. He's right there to extend His mercy toward us. And even just thinking back and looking back over my life and from where He has brought me from, and I just thank Him because every single day I get brand new mercies and I'm just so thankful to him because times when I know that maybe what I was doing or what I was thinking or what I was getting ready to do wouldn't be pleasing to his eyesight and pleasing to him and totally went against everything that he has said in his word even in those times when I knew that I was wrong and continued to do it anyway Later coming to him swallowed up in my guilt and swallowed up in shame. He still extended his mercy toward me. This is the kind of God that we serve on this morning. Hallelujah. Every single time that I've done wrong, every single time that maybe you have thought a wrong thought or done the wrong thing, he has been there for us when we have come to him with a humble heart and with a heart of repentance. When we come to him, he has been there every single time for us to extend his mercy. He does not allow us to continue to just go on in this despondent state. But when we come to him asking his forgiveness, knowing that we were wrong, he is still there for us, extending that mercy. In Psalm 23 and 6 of the Amplified Version, it says, Surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell forever throughout all of my days in the house and in the presence of the Lord. Surely goodness is telling you that even though your enemy 
enemies may be encamped round about you, even though your enemies may be presented at a table before you, even though you're surrounded with circumstances where you've had the opportunity to do the right thing and chose not to do it anyway, even then when you ask God to forgive you, surely goodness, surely he says, and mercy and his unfailing love. God's love will not fail. His love will not stop. His love is there for each and every one of us. It's not going to just be there for us, but it's going to follow us every single day yes. of our life. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God as our shepherd. He's, you know, it's like. He is our shepherd, like we're the sheep. And, and as a shepherd provides for the sheep, he gives them protection and he promises to guide them. And even through life's pressures, as God being our shepherd, every single day of our lives, he is there to provide for us. He's there to guide us. He's there to lead us. He's there to protect us. His mercy extends to us even when we're not doing what is right. When we come to him asking for, for forgiveness, his mercy is there. When we mess up, he's there. When we have the wrong thought, he's there. When we do the wrong action, he's there. When we react the wrong way, he's there. When we speak the wrong thing, he's there. His mercy is there and it endures forever. It endures every day. It endures every hour. It endures every minute For us. He's waiting for us just like the father in the prodigal son. He's waiting for us to come to him with a repentant heart asking for forgiveness. Yes. It's just like when your child messes up and you have to chastise them. Sometimes even when they're experiencing the, the affliction of your chastisement, they realize that, you know what, I need to ask for forgiveness. I need to come to my mother. I need to come to my father because I know that what I did wasn't right. I often think of times when I was small and I know that I had done the wrong thing. I knew that I needed to go back and ask for my parents' forgiveness. Even though the affliction of that spanking didn't feel good, I still needed to ask for their forgiveness. I needed to come to them. And when I came to them, their arms weren't folded up and it wasn't like I told you so and this, that, and the other. When I would come to them with tears in my eyes and when that look on my face and asking, Mommy, Daddy, please forgive me, they were right there to wrap their loving arms around me. And this is how our Father is. When we have messed up, when we have done the wrong thing, when we have done things that we know that we shouldn't do, our Heavenly Father is there to forgive us. He's there to wrap his loving arms around us. He's there to tell us that he loves us and that he cares for us. And his mercy is there and is extended to us forever. Hallelujah. Gloria Masehek. Hallelujah. In Psalms 106 and 1. Psalm 107 and 1. Psalm 118 and 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. It's reiterated over and over again in his word. For he is good. His mercy endureth forever. His mercy doesn't stop after one day. It doesn't stop after one month or one year. His mercy endures 
forever. Hallelujah. No matter how hard the calamity, no matter how awful the situation may look on the outside, yeah, Minister yeah. Nikki, our God is loving. He is kind. He is merciful. And he is there, Sister Pat, in your distress. No matter what it is that you may be going through or facing, whatever situation may be there, the Lord is there and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. All we have to do is come to him humbly. All we have to do is ask for his forgiveness. Yeah. Know that your Abba Father is there waiting for you to come back home. Waiting for you to come into his yeah. presence. Yeah. Waiting for you to come and lay before him and ask for forgiveness. In Lamentations 3, 22 and 23... It reads in the King James Version, and I'm, I've turned there. It says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. That we are not consumed. Yeah. Because his compassion fails not. Yeah. It is because of his mercy that we're not consumed yeah. by the afflictions of our brothers. And by the afflictions of our forefathers. And by the afflictions of people that you may even work with. That are talking about you and telling you that you will never be anything. And that you'll never go to the next level. It is by his tender mercies. And because of his compassion that we are not consumed yeah, yeah. by the wiles of the enemy and the tricks of the devil. It is by his mercy. Hallelujah. Because his compassions fail not. His compassions won't. They won't stop. His compassions are always there for you. And in verse 23, they are new every morning. Every single morning that you wake up. Every single morning that God allows you to see. His mercies are there and they are brand new. It's not the mercy that he extended you on yesterday or the day before or the month before. But they are brand new mercies every single morning. Glory to God. Great is thy faithfulness. Hallelujah. The Lord is my portion. In verse 24, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. In the Message Bible, I like the way it reads. It says, God's loyal love couldn't have run out. It couldn't have. And then it says, it doesn't run out when others have, hallelujah, it says, I'm sorry, it couldn't run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness? It says, I'm sticking with God. I'll say it over and over. He's all I've got left. Ending in verse 24. God's mercy is created new every morning. So when you wake up, there's brand new mercies, as we've said before. And it doesn't run out. When people are talking about you, when people are looking at what you have said that God has promised you, and it may not in their eyesight have come to fruition or the manifestation, when they're calling you a failure because of the things that you have done in your past, and they're still labeling you by your past, and they don't realize that the God that you serve, He's taking all of that past and he's put it in your past 
not to bring it up again, not to, you know, keep pointing the finger at you, not to keep telling you of what you won't be, but letting you know that his mercies are brand new every morning and that through him and through Christ, you are a new creation, that you can stand, you can do the things that God has destined for you to do, that you can count on him when you can't count on man. When you, when man is telling you that you can't do it, God is telling you that you can do it. God is telling you that if you would just come to me, come back into my presence, come back before me, just humbly repent of your sins, I am there for you. That you will not be a failure, you will amount to something because purpose is within you. Purpose lies on the inside of each and every one of us. And God wants us to fulfill that purpose. That's why he extends these brand new mercies to us every single day. Because yes, throughout the course of the day, I may say the wrong thing. Yeah. I may slip up. Flesh may take over. I may do the wrong thing. But God is there to forgive me. When I come to him in my secret closet, when I come to him while I'm driving in my car, and I say to myself, and I say to him, Lord, I know that I shouldn't have said that. I know that I shouldn't have thought that. I know that I should have reacted another way. I know that I should have been more Christ-like. When I am saying these things to the Lord with a humble spirit and in a, with a repentive heart, then God can extend His mercy toward me. His mercy is there each and every single day. And I'm telling you, I'm so glad about the mercy of God. I'm so glad that our God is there because we're not perfect by no stretch of the imagination. There are times when we mess up and we may mess up day after day after day. My, may, my mess up may not look like your mess up. My mess up may look worse than your mess up. Who knows? But there we're not perfect. We're not, you know, these perfect beings where we're walking around and oh yes thou art and all this sort of stuff. We're not walking around like that every single day. Yes, my husband may say something that may upset me and yes, I may get smart back. But you know what? <laughs> you know, we're not perfect. Right. And yes, we may have to go, I may have to go into my secret closet and say, you know what, God? I could have handled that differently. Yeah. Lord, help me. Lord, forgive me. It is His mercy that is there yeah. for us and extends to us day after day. In this particular passage of Scripture, in this book of the Bible, of the Bible Jeremiah is deeply grieved because the people rejected their God. And they knew that, you know, because of their selfishness and because of sinfulness, it would be, he knew that it would bring them much suffering and exile. So the destruction of Jerusalem and the devastation of his nation brought him to tears and empathy and sympathy with a heart that was broken. And that's why, you know, because of this he became or he was named like the weeping prophet. And just like how God's, just like how his heart was broken, God's heart was broken because of the rejection of his people. Within these five chapters of the book, it is during the middle in chapter three, where God shines a ray of hope on him, on his people because of his compassion that is ever present for the people of God. God is so faithful to us, and in this book, Jeremiah realizes that it was by the Lord's mercy that prevented a total annihilation of his people. Sometimes we'll look at a circumstance <clears throat> and a situation and, you know, everything.
everybody could have been wiped out. Everybody could have been wiped out. But because of the mercy of God, and we'll look at that situation and we'll say, oh my God, this is just so devastating. This is just so heartbreaking. You know, and we won't see the good in this type of affliction. But the good is the extended mercy of God that everybody wasn't wiped out. The good was the extended mercy on Noah and his family when they were able to go onto the ark when everybody else was destroyed. God has in his in the word of God, you will see many examples of where maybe others were destroyed, but because of his goodness and because he is a merciful God, even though it looks like a devastating situation, you can still see the ray of hope in that affliction. So, yes, you know, I think about even in the midst of, you know, circumstances in my life, I think about, uh, I think about most of the time when I think about uh, different things that I have gone through, I think about college, or I think about even <clears throat> my first marriage and how God kept me because there were certain situations within that marriage that weren't healthy and I did things not according to the word of God. So even within that, God was there. And I may have thought that everything was devastating and my world was turning upside down. But even in that, there was a ray of hope where God extended his mercy toward me. You know, and I think back of college because, uh, you know, everybody does crazy stuff in college. Let's just admit that. You know, I mean, the person that you were leaving college, you know, leaving to go to college from high school, it's like you get crazier when you go away to school, you know? It's like you're there and, you know, you're just running rapid, even even though you know what is right and what is wrong. And I think about how I was dating this guy that used to deal drugs and, you know, even in that, I think about how God's mercy was because even though my mother had become really sick with Alzheimer's and I had to come home, so that was devastating for me because I had to leave school in Baltimore where I would have been going to my junior year because I had already put two years in. And now I had to turn around and come home, so my plans had changed. But yes, I'm going to come home for my mother. And I was devastated at her illness, but yet devastated with other things that were going on in my life. But here's God's mercy because... God had it in his plan for me to come home. I wasn't around him or in the car with him when other people came after him to kill him and then put him in the trunk of his own car. Because see, had I been in that car, had I still been in that relationship, I may not be here today because they're not going to just kill him and let me live to see who they are and drive off. No, they're going to kill me too. So see, even in certain situations where you may think that it's devastating or where you may think that the affliction is so hard that you can't bear it, God's mercy is still there. Whether it took months down the line for me to see it, whether whether I saw it that instant, or whether it took years for me to see it, God's mercy was on my life and has been extended to me. I knew that I was not living in the right way. I knew that the things that I was doing was wrong. I knew that I was being living in a sinful uh, uh, lifestyle, but it didn't matter to me at the time. I had gotten to a point where I just didn't care. So be very, very careful if you ever get to a point 
where you just say, I don't care. Because when you say, I don't care, then what you're doing is you're surrendering to the enemy and to his mindset and what he wants to happen in your life. He doesn't want you to be in close relationship with God. He doesn't want you to remember who you were before you left to come to school. But he wants to be able to take over your mind, your body, your spirit. He wants to be able to consume you with the I don't care attitude. So be very careful if you ever get to a point where you say that you do not care. Because now you know that your relationship is now trying to be severed from the word of God. But you have to care. You have to get yourself to a point where you don't say that you don't care, but that you do care enough to look into the word of God and search the scriptures for what it is that you're going through. Search the scriptures for the particular scripture for your circumstance. Know who you are in Christ. That is so important because a lot of believers, when they go away and they're in a different environment, if they are not rooted and grounded in the word of God, that is like a field play for the enemy to try and capture your mind and try and capture your spirit and have you to do his will and not the will of the fathers. That is why you have to be so strong, rooted and grounded in his word. Know whose you are. Know who you are in Christ to know that even though I have messed up, even though I feel like I'm at the bottom of the rung, even though I feel like I can't get up because my sins are just swallowing me up, know whose you are and that God is your Abba Father. God is the one that can pull you up. God is the one that can turn you around. God is the one that can put you on the right path. If you just come to him asking for forgiveness with a repentant heart, knowing that he is your father, knowing that he is your Abba Father, knowing that he is your daddy, the one that can forgive, the one that loves you. Hallelujah. More than anyone can love you. His mercy shall be extended to you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord God. Sometimes it takes devastation in our lives. A lot of times we will go along and we'll act like, you know, we got it all together. But then as soon as something happens, you know, then we become all devastated and all twisted around. And it's almost like, you know, we don't know which way to go. Well, sometimes it takes devastation in our lives to make us realize our sin. It makes to make us realize that our only true help can come from the Lord. To realize that our only help is in the all-wise God. You know, you thought that you could do it on your own. And I remember leaving, leaving home and saying, you know what, I got this. I can do it on my own. And I also remember my mother saying, all right, one day you're going to need me before I'm going to need you. <laughs> I remember that so clearly. And it's like our Abba Father, you know, you say to him, you know what, I got this, we're good now. You know, you've given me everything I've asked for and, you know, I'm good, you know. And I can hear God just like chuckling in the background like, this girl has no clue. You know, he, she has no clue what she's getting ready to face and that she will need me. And so, you know, it's the same with our God, whether it is neglect, whether we are ignoring him. 
You know, whether we are disobeying Him, we have to remember that our God is the Almighty God and that we have to come to Him with a heart of repentance and a heart of forgiveness and He will extend His mercy. Even and back to this book of Jeremiah and Lamentations, I'm sorry. Even when the Israelites were experiencing the afflictions of the Babylonian conquerors, God's mercy and compassion was still at work. God used this affliction to bring them back to Him. There are times when you may experience affliction and it may be painful, but we must remember that God is faithful to us. And it is during these times of affliction when we have to remain prayerful and we have to ask Him for forgiveness and turn to Him for deliverance. Our deliverance is not, my deliverance is not going to be in my husband. My deliverance is not going to be in my parents. But my deliverance from these types of afflictions that are coming against me is only going to come from the one and all wise God. And sometimes it is through our afflictions when we draw closer to God and we come to Him because we realize that we have hit rock bottom and if He doesn't deliver us, then who can? Yes. Nobody else can. You know, and I'm just so thankful because, you know, I, I reminisce on college and trust me, I've done things wrong in between college and marriage. Trust me, I did. But I reminisce on those times, not happily, but because those were the most devastating in my life. And you know, and I just thank God that he didn't give up on me. I thank God that he hasn't given up on you and that he hasn't given up on your loved ones and your family members. But he gives us new mercies every single day. And his new mercies were created for me and they were created for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It is because of Christ's death for us and his promise to return that we have a bright hope for tomorrow. It is because of his death that we have a bright hope for tomorrow. Nothing that we go through is too hard for God. Nothing. In Psalms 34 and 19 it states, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out of them all. We're going to all have afflictions. They're going to come against us as the righteous, but it is our God that delivers us out of them all. Hallelujah. I remember listening to T.D. Jakes one time and he kept talking about how the enemy was coming against him and he started saying, that old dumb devil, because he doesn't realize that all he's doing is making me draw closer to the Lord because the more that I get afflicted, the more I'm calling on the Lord. The more so he kept talking about, oh, that old dumb devil. And I think that you and I both can say that at some point in our life where we can say that dumb devil because he pushed me and he afflicted me and he came against me. But all it did was make me grow closer to the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In St. Luke 15, 11 and 32 is the story about the prodigal son. And I'm not going to read all of those scriptures, but then Jesus tells this parable to illustrate God's abundant mercy toward repentant sinners and his joy when we are reconciled back to him. This parable consists of three different aspects. It consists of the prodigal son, it consists of the father, and it consists of the brother. 
for the prodigal son, it shows us that the it shows us the effects of sin and the nature of true repentance when he came to his father. It showed how when he left, you know, he thought he was gonna, you know, just be out on his own and do his own thing. For the father, it shows us God's mercy. The father is exemplary of God, our father, and his mercy toward us as repentant sinners. The brother shows us the ugliness and dangers of self-righteousness. And as you know, the prodigal son, he asked his father for his portion or his share of the estate or the inheritance. And that this showed us a total disregard for the father's authority as the head of the family. So the father divided everything up, as you know, and he gave it to him. The younger son leaves and he journeys to a faraway country and he wastes everything that the father had given him. And he wasted it on riotous living, the word of God says. So after spending all he had, a famine came into the land and he began to be in need. Hallelujah, glory to God. He went on to find a job feeding pigs for someone in that country. And as a Jew, for him to stoop to feeding pigs was a great humiliation, not to mention him being so hungry that he would eat of the food that the pigs had touched, which was absolutely, for a Jewish nation, degrading. He thought about it and he realized that even the servants in his father's house were living better than he was at that point. So he said, you know what, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to call it, a, I'm going to call it quits here and I'm going to go back, I'm paraphrasing. I'm going to ask for my father's forgiveness yes, yes. and I'm going to come back home. I don't want anything from him and if I have to live as a servant in his house, I'm willing to do that. I just want to come home. So it is sin that separates us from God and it takes out communion with him. I remember it distances our relationship with him. And I remember when I was in a relationship, this is after coming back from college, but I was in a relationship with this guy and, you know, he wasn't coming to church and I was in the church, but not of the church at that time. My heart wasn't there. But I remember before leaving and before being in this relationship, I always used to sit at the front of the church. And you know, when you sit at the front of the church, you know, you're right there. You're getting the word of God. You are into it. You know, you nothing is distracting you because you don't even see what's going on behind you the whole bit. So then as I was in this relationship with this guy, I started going farther and farther and farther back <laughs> till I got to the last pew of the church. I said, something's wrong with this picture. <laughs> I used to be at the front of the church. But it was the sin in my life that was distancing the relationship that I had with the Lord. And so I didn't feel like I could sit in the front of the church. I felt like the front of the church was reserved for people that were in right relationship with the Lord. And if I could just slip in at 12 o'clock when the word was going forth, hear the word, and slip back out, then I was okay. But it was that condemnation that was living on the inside of me. That yearning from the Holy Spirit that was letting me know that you are not to be of this world. That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It was that yearning on the inside that let me know that a change needed to take place. That a repentance in my heart needed to take place. That I need to have a repentant mind and a repentant heart my sins to the Father and ask for forgiveness and come back to Him. So 
is just like with this prodigal son. Glory to God. And so sometimes it takes those devastating times like we talk about to make us realize the sin that is really there. To make us realize that we can be delivered from this trouble and it can only come from the only wise God. So we, you know, we have to get ourselves to a point just like this prodigal son where he had just had enough. We have to get ourselves to a point where we come back home, where we come back into right relationship with the Lord, where we come back to him and ask him for forgiveness because he is there just like the father was. He is there with open arms waiting for us. The scripture says that while the son was a great way off, the father saw him and he had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And that's an example like with our children. We can have, you know, our children may have, we may have estranged relationships with them. But when they come back, when we see them afar off, that estranged relationship goes out the door. We don't care. We come to them as parents, loving on them and hugging them and kissing them and letting them know how much we love them. And that's just how our Abba Father does us. It doesn't matter how we may look, how we may smell like with this prodigal son. He had to smell like of pigs because he was there with them the whole time. So he had to be stinking. But it didn't matter to that father. That father came to him, fell on his neck, kissed him as if he was, you know, had never done anything wrong. So, you know, and even in that, he instructed his servants to bring the best robe. It didn't matter that he hadn't showered or washed or whatever. Bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, kill the fatted calf that we saved for special occasions. We are going to rejoice because my son that was once dead is alive and now he is home. Can you think about how it is when we come back to Christ? Can you imagine the host that's in heaven when Nikki comes back to the Lord? The heavenly host is there and they're like, oh, my daughter is back. She is back home. She is on fire for the Lord. She's going to do this and she's going to do that. And purpose is going to be fulfilled in her life. The whole host of heaven is rejoicing when one soul comes back to the Lord. Can you imagine? Hallelujah. And I'm just so thankful because God's love is constant. His love is waiting for us. He's waiting for us to come back. He searches for us just like this. Um, prodigal son's father. He searches for us and he gives us opportunities to respond. He won't force you to come to him, but he gives you the opportunity to come to him. And we have to come to ourselves just like the prodigal son did. And we have to come to ourselves and we have to realize that we have need of the father. And that he is always there for us. Always. Just waiting for us to come to him. And just as with the father of the prodigal sons, God's mercy is poured out on us. And all we have to do is just come to him with a repentant heart. There are no no's. There are no I told you so's when you come to God. You know how sometimes you used to go to your mom and ask for forgiveness. I know my mom. Well, listen, I told you so. There's no I told you so's with God. You don't hear that from him. 
you know, and then we are clothed in Christ's righteousness. And we're restored back into the family. Back into the family. We have full privileges. He gave his son full privileges right away at the very sight of him. Full privileges are restored as a son and daughter of Christ. Sharing in the very best that Christ has for us. So I'm so thankful for God's mercy on this morning. I'm thankful that I'm alive. Hallelujah. Because it could have been another way. It could have been that I wouldn't even be here right now. Whether it was because of living the wrong way. Whether it was because of saying the wrong thing. Doing the wrong thing. Being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm so thankful for God's mercies because I'm alive. I'm thankful because I'm in a sound mind. Hallelujah. That means a lot to be in a sound mind each and every day. Hallelujah. You have people that have smoked PCP or, or a reefer laced with PCP and have lost their minds instantly. But I'm thankful that I serve a mighty God that has kept my mind. Hallelujah. Even in my mess, even in my trials, even in my afflictions, to me. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for his mercy allowing me another chance, another opportunity to be in relationship with him. I'm thankful for his mercy for keeping me even when I've done wrong, even when I've allowed the enemy to trick me into to do things that I know that I shouldn't have done, to be where I shouldn't have been. I'm so thankful that I've said Yeah. 
and I'm so thankful for that. I praise him for that, and I worship our Father. You're standing to your feet, and I just give him the glory and the honor on this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Are you in need of an encouraging word to start your day? Do you need someone to pray in agreement with you? Here at Restoration Christian Ministries, we offer our daily prayer call, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time, where members of our ministry team will lift you up as you head out into the course of your day. The phone number for our prayer call is 641-715-3645 and the PIN number to dial is 500-765 followed by the pound key. Be encouraged and stay encouraged with our daily prayer call at 641-715-3645. Don't forget to press 500 765 and the pound key for our prayer call at Restoration Christian Ministries. Introducing Minister Thomas Gilbert with the final word. Good evening, everyone. Today I want to talk to you out of uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's a very familiar passage of scripture because uh, many times it's read in church to focus on the last days and things of that nature, but it's just really on my heart because that's where we are right now. Um, we're in these last days where everything seems to be ramping up and speeding up to this uh, chaotic ending that's coming. Um, but anyway, Second Timothy chapter three, Paul writing to Timothy says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Then he goes on to tell Timothy from such turn away. Um, <clears throat> so if, if you're simply paying attention and you see the things that are going on, it, it's painfully obvious that we are in these last days and i think things are going to get even even uh even worse to to say the least uh in regard to how uh man and the the evil of his hearts if it's if it was in the days of noah if it's going to be like it was in the days of noah then you have to remember that one of the things that we miss when we when we read the story of noah is that god says that man's heart is is continually He's, his thoughts and his heart are continually toward doing evil. So every thought that courses through the mind of a man is to do evil deeds. That's what it is in the days of Noah. And so we are rapidly approaching those days. I want to um, I want to offer you a, uh, a, a I, I guess, herald for you uh, to just be. Um, to be even more so diligent in your faith, to be even more so diligent in your prayers, uh, in, in setting that time aside to pray to the Lord, to constantly be in his presence, um, to constantly be in the word, studying the scriptures uh, like the Bereans to see what things to see if these things are true, because nowadays you have so many different 
things that are coming at you. I mean, there's this Hebrew Israelite movement. There is, uh, you know, Islam is, is on the rise and it's being forced on people. And if you don't know for yourself, the word of God, if you don't have a strong foundation, if you are not washed in the water of the word, then uh, you, you don't know. And someone can come along and they, what they like to do is mix the truth with a lie and then serve that to you. And you end up with this handicapped doctrine that is not biblical. And this is what I don't think, I don't think the elders, you know, knew. Um, and I don't think they knew what they were doing. I don't think it was intentional, but a lot of times we get traditions just passed on and we take certain things that are not necessarily scripture and we call them scripture. For instance, uh, we say, um, hell has no fury like a woman scorned. That's not in the Bible. That's not scripture. Right. That's that's from a, a play penned by William Congreve. OK, so it's it's not even in scripture uh, or we break up scripture um, to make it fit what we want it to fit or to say what we want it to say. And you can't do that. You have to take the word in context. And if you're going to divide it, it has to be rightly divided. So you need to know the word for yourself in this time frame um, in the church in Revelation, the church of Laodicea. We quote this scripture all the time where Jesus says to the church of Laodicea, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He who hears will, you know, let him open and me and my father will come in and will sup with him. Take this into consideration. We use that scripture to say, invite Jesus into your heart. However, Jesus is speaking to the church and he's saying, I'm outside the church. In the last days, Christ is knocking on the door of his own church. Do you understand how vile that is? That we have kicked Christ even out of the church, that he has to knock on his own church door. God bless you. I pray that this has blessed you in some way. Be blessed. Stay in the word. Thank you for listening to this episode of Restoration Place on the King James Radio Network. We hope that you have been encouraged and until next time, little prayer, little power. Lot of prayer, lot of power. No prayer, no power. Have a blessed week. Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat. Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good, uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween spider donut and get 10 Munchkins donut hole treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary. Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat. Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good, uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' spider donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst. Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkins Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary.